This is the Fedora Chronicles Network. Episode 14 of the Metaphysical Connection, Nikola Tesla, is brought to you by Zazzle. Zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles, where you can find really cool products for your super hot parties coming this summer. T-shirts, coffee mugs, and if you tell five friends about your favorite podcast on the paranormal, we'll also bring barware. That's Zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. The Metaphysical Connection and the Fedora Chronicles Network is supported by listeners like you. Check out our website to find out how you can keep shows like this on the air and help us bring more great shows your way. Check us out at thefedorachronicles.com. So with that said, thank you for listening and enjoy the show. I have a news flash. News flash. Hit me with it. This came over the, over the wire just, oh. just minutes ago. Okay. Just before I arrived. This is a segue from our last show, the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah, of course. They found the Ark of the Covenant. Where? You'll never guess. Where? Arkansas. (laughs) 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 They found it in Bill Clinton's boyhood boyhood home in the basement. A couple of um, rednecks uncovered it. They were were cleaning out the basement, and um, they found this device, and they, they were actually cooking hot dogs on it <laughs> until they realized the skin on their hands was melting off. <laughs> okay, now, now you can go for the serious news. <laughs> the serious news. I thought you'd like that. But it just occurred to me. Like, maybe Arkansas is named after the Ark of the Covenant. Why not, right? Why not? Okay. You're speechless. <sighs> That lefty speechless, which is which is hard to do. It's really hard to do because I have such a big mouth. Okay, let's move on. I have I have no from the I, silliness. I have no idea what to say of that. So anyway, this is a big, huge, breaking news item for real this time. Okay. By the time that this episode airs this Saturday, everybody will probably have already heard the news. Ted, Ted Cruz, the Zodiac Killer, and Grandpa Munster himself. <laughs> <laughs> made a big, huge public statement after his humiliating loss in the state of Indiana that he is suspending his campaign. Drove away in the Munster Mobile. (laughs) (laughs) With John Kasich in the (laughs) backseat. Oh, so the thing is, is that... uh, so the thing is, what do we have to say about that? Because now Donald Trump is the presumptive. Well, the big thing I think is that the shuffleboard game down in Florida is now has they have their fourth. They have they've rounded out their their teams. It's it's Jeb Bush and and Ben Carson against uh, Marco and little Marco and uh, now Ted. Ted's, Ted's on the team. Now, I don't know where that leaves Kasich. I think he's. I think Kasich they, is. They may bump little Marco and have him go get them drinks. Probably. That could be. I mean, I'm just thinking, you know. Little little Marco is probably like, you know, looking out in his little watchtower, and every time he, like, he, you know, he sees something, he goes, the plane, the plane. <laughs> <laughs> Which is bringing in Cruz and Kasich. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, yeah, Donald's the last man standing now. He's... <laughs> He's, he's the nominee, apparently. Yeah. The headline here is Ted Cruz says, Adios, I'm going back to being Grandpa Munster. <laughs> <laughs> and being the most hated man in America. What, you mean the Zodiac Killer? 
Did you did you did you watch the the? Maybe he's gone uh, on a cruise. Did did you watch the uh, press correspondence <laughs> dinner this past weekend? I did. Well, I, I watched clips from. It. I watched I clips didn't of watch it. the whole thing. Yeah, I thought <clears> some. I thought the, Obama had a pretty good. Yeah. Routine going. I, I, I'm telling you, a Barack Obama could could. Um, He's got if, some stand-up potential. If he could get the, just the okay from Michelle and Secret Service, I think he could get, take a show on the road. Yeah, really. really. Cause there is, see that. Because the thing is, he He's lamb- got good timing. He lamb- good comic timing. That's, he, he lambasted everybody. He did. He, yeah, he, he laid everybody out. Which is the intention of, of the whole thing. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so the thing is, is that I'm, I, I'm, I'm basically going to come... Oh! Oh! Um, I'm going to come right out and, and say, uh, give you um, a, a little rundown, because I, I wrote an article about this for our main page, the Fedora Chronicles, and um, I, I broke it down to the five top reasons why Ted Cruz would never and could never be president and why he lost. And just to cut to the, ch- just to cut to the chase, so many times we have had candidates who have been running for either the GOP or the DNC who are hyper-religious people. I mean, people who are... There's a difference between people who have religion and faith, and then there are the people who are like... They want to evangelize from the, 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 the president's podium. Well, they wear it on their sleeve. Yeah. yeah basically, yeah. And... and they're, uh, they're, they're dangerous, I think. Yeah. I think the thing is, is that um, Ted Cruz wanted to use not just the Bible, but his and his pastor's interpretation of the bible to run the country and turn the united states into or back into depends on who you ask a um christian nation yeah no a a um a christian theocracy a mm. christian democratic mm. theocracy that's that's painful yeah that's painful to me yeah we, we there's a reason why the founding fathers in their wisdom had a little thing called separation of church and state exactly uh there's there's a good reason for that they didn't just do that offhandedly. Yeah, you know, it's, it's it muddies the waters. Absolutely, it, it, it doesn't allow for clarity between religious premise and the premise that the country's run on. Yeah, you know that that's that's dangerous. I think. Yeah, and then the thing is, is that you're going to wake up one morning and you're going to say, "The baby Jesus told me we need to reinv- reinvade Vietnam because we have." We haven't brought enough of those heathens back to Christianity. And the thing is, is that it's like, that's that's an extreme example. Yeah. But I, I, I see that happening. I, I, I honestly do. But well, it opens the door to that kind of stupidity, I think. Yeah, I really do. And I know that people are going to get offended when I, when, when I say this. Um, but I, I don't freaking care. <laughs> you shouldn't care. <laughs> it's, it's a week or two later. But the thing is, is that nobody wants somebody to be schooled about the baby Jesus during a press conference by their president. No, if they want that, they can, you know, listen to the 700 Club or one of those shows that prescribes to Exactly. That. That's fine. If people want to do that, let, you know, but do that on your own time, you right. know, if that's the way you want to go. Um, you know, we don't need that as part of the, of the national political conversation. No, we don't. No. We do not need to keep hearing about how, about your love for the for the six pound, seven ounce, um, blonde hair, blue eyed baby Jesus, who said that it's okay to bomb these people because they're not Christians. And, wh- and what like does that. that say? What what message does that send to the people who don't prescribe to that line of thinking? That that there are 
they're irrelevant, right? Exactly. You know, all, all the... Well, you don't count. All the all of the religions and all the people who, who don't, you know, don't think that that's valid, that, that kind of negates them, you know, which is a, a pretty good chunk of the population. There, there are people here in the United States that scare the shit out of me. And they scare the shit out of me because they believe that you are not a real person unless not you not only that you don't subscribe to Christianity, you don't subscribe to their franchise right, right. of Christianity. You're not going to their restaurant. Like the, it's like the thing is it's like if we have a Christian choosing off of their menu. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The thing is is I imagine the eleventh commandment says, Thou shalt eat hamburger for all eternity for great inner and outer happiness. And the thing is, is that, so the thing is, you have these people who, they believe you can only go to McDonald's and eat McDonald's. And then you have the people who believe you can only go to Burger King. And, and, and then it gets to the point. And that's okay. As long as they do that. That's okay. And they they want to go to McDonald's or Burger King, knock yourself out. You eat there every day. If you eat there every meal, if you want, just don't tell me I have to. Exactly. That's the thing. And don't tell me I'm going to hell because I go to KFC. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's just not a viable way to run the country. It's it's not it's it's not fair. It's not, you know, it's not not the way the Amer- it's not the way America was intended to be. America was intended to be a uh, a catch-all of all different kinds of ideas and, and freedom. It yeah, it's based on freedom. Melting Religious pot. freedom, um, intellectual freedom, whatever freedom you want, but yeah. Those kinds of narrow thought patterns impinge on that. And it's I, like constricting your arteries. You and, and I'm going to make some people feel really uncomfortable by saying this, that the last straw for a lot of people was that a a couple of magazines glommed onto the story where the thing is, is that Ted Cruz was part of a committee that, that banned the legal cell of dildos and fleshlights and other sex toys. Because apparently, according to his logic, nowhere in the Constitution does it say that you have an inalienable right to stimulate your own genitals outside um, um, holy wedlock. Well, that, I, I guess that explains why John Boner, I mean, Boehner came out and said what he said. He, he actually said that Cruz was the, was Lucifer in the flesh. <laughs> That's a pretty strong statement. I mean, I'm going to take, and if you define Lucifer the way we did a couple shows back as being the, the bringer of light, you know, <clears throat> it's still pretty strong. I mean, he, he, he essentially is probably one of the most unlikable people on the, in the country. You know, even his college roommate said he couldn't stand him. Exactly. You know, which is, which is saying something. You know, college is, people are, a little more flexible. You I'm, know? I'm going to take it so, one. Uh, you know, I mean, so so we want that guy as president. Absolutely. How did he, how did he even get to run for president? Where did he get that traction? I, I don't know. Where'd that come from? If he saw it in a vision quest that he had, you know, during Lent or something like that, where he was flagellating himself. Well, as you see in the Dan um, Dan Brown movie, uh, right. you know, right. I, I He's the, got thing the is, scars on his back. I, yeah, to prove I, it. I I think that um, I think John Boehner wasn't able to finish his sentence. Um, I think that what John Boehner really meant to say is that Ted Cruz is Lucifer in the flashlight. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that was a snippet. It was <laughs> it was edited, I think. <laughs> so. Um, do we, we want to we want to talk a little bit about Prince today, or, or, or I, I, well, the thing wanna, well, the thing is, you is you not, you not you worthy and, of conversation. You, no, Prince is always worthy of conversation. 
Um, here's the thing. You want to come at Prince from one direction, meaning the mm -hmm. Illuminati. Yeah. And I yeah. want to come at the direction of um, uh, Big Pharma, who is just handing out... Um, right, right. Um, we, we touched on that the we last, touched upon last that. podcast. Um, well, you know, the thing is, I mean, it's not going away. The prince, prince's no. death is not going away. No. For some reason, it's, it seems to be kind of lingering in the news if you know i mean a lot, a lot of times a celebrity will die yep and they're you know they'll play a couple of his songs on the radio for a couple of days and then yeah. he kind of like you know like when glenn fry died you know they're playing eagle songs all over the place glenn fry died yeah really you didn't know that <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, you've forgotten already is that your point <laughs> yeah uh yeah they played the hotel california a couple of times and, and yeah. then it was sort of you know, he passed and, in and you belong to the rock city. and roll history. Yeah. Uh, well, Prince isn't going away. He's still. No. Um, what's it been now? A week since he died, or um, more? By now, it's it's been so it's been it's been two weeks as of today. So, so I was looking on the internet because it's kind of kind of interesting to me. Yeah. And I always, I always question um, celebrities' deaths. I don't know why. And he died fairly young, fifty-seven. So you know, pretty pretty young. Yeah. Age. And and by all accounts, he was a, a relatively healthy person. He, yeah. He didn't over. I mean, he was slim. He didn't overeat. He, he ate pretty healthy food, I guess, yeah. apparently. And so when somebody like that dies, you kind of have to start wondering, mm, is there anything kind of questionable I also about have, I also you know? have to interject this because okay. I'm not saying that I'm the biggest Prince fan in the world. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, I, I, I mean, look, I have a couple of his albums. Um, you have a couple more than I have. So. Right, exactly. I think everybody has a I couple I mean, I more. appreciate his talent. Right. I, I just, he, his music just didn't particularly appeal to me. But he was, just, he was, choice. He was adamant anti-drugs anti-alcohol anti-tobacco he was supposedly he well it's like if you if you listen to all the people who knew him the with the with the with the exception of one or two crackpots who are just out there to to make a couple of bucks off of selling their stories to the inquirer mm -hmm. um the thing is is that everybody had said um prince was prince was pretty clean I mean, he was, he well, was, I saw his bass player interviewed who played yeah. with him for a long time. I guess he was in the revolution. I don't know. Um, and he said, nah, he couldn't see it. He just didn't, didn't see Prince doing drugs. It just, you know, and then there's, there's, but there's varying reports. Right. You know, there's one lady who called the authorities from Germany. Yeah. And, and said that he was addicted to cocaine. Now, I, I, maybe she had a grudge against him or something. Sure. Who knows? I don't, there's, there's all kinds of things. The, the thing that I've been noticing, and I saw an interview on, I guess it was on YouTube with a woman that knew him pretty well. I, I don't know exactly what her connection to him was. Yep. However, she was saying that early on he was connected to the Illuminati. Here we go. Okay. Now, for the people who don't know about the Illuminati or are aware of the Illuminati, it's, it's supposed to be a group of people. Um, it goes back in, in history um, – Supposedly to the late 1700s, where right. it was a group that was started in Germany. They they were known as the Illuminated Ones or the Illuminati, sure. because they had knowledge that other people didn't have, and they've grown into a group of people that sort of controls different segments of of right. of human endeavors. The, yep. the media, the entertainment industry, yep. the sports industry in some cases, um, and and if you if you notice. People that are connected to them, they make signs indicating that. Sure. I mean, there's a lot of evidence of these kinds of things. And, and there, if you look at past p pictures of Prince, and there were many, because you know he was a, he was a pretty public person, 
Uh, he's in a lot of cases he's doing these kinds of signs. One of them is the OK sign, yeah, which is a circle made with your thumb and forefinger yeah. and then your other three fingers elevated. There's a number of pictures of him doing that even in concert. <clears throat> and supposedly the, the people who are involved in Illuminati have to do that as a kind of a tribute. Mm-hmm. And and what happens with them joining the Illuminati? And now these are people that are talented to begin with. They they don't need um, an in. in fusion of talent, but they do need to be publicized. They yep. do need to have their name put out there. And if you look at the overwhelming popularity of Prince, mm-hmm. um, it was it was pretty much um, the 70s and 80s. Is that right? Prince? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then he kind of, he, he broke with Warner Brothers. Yep. Um, very, which is, very which, controversial. Which is supposed to be an Illuminati um, organization, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, and then his popularity sort of waned mm-hmm. um, because he went out on his own and he was he was doing his own thing and and he didn't have the same push behind him. Yep. Um, so there's, I guess you could make a case for that. And he and he around the same time he also um, converted to being a Jehovah Witness, Jehovah's yep. Witness, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of anti, um, you know, the Illuminati point of view. Yeah. And now people are saying that he was on the verge of coming out with a, some kind of statement about this all day. Yeah. And who knows? You know, maybe maybe he was being progressively fed some kind of poison or, or something. I, you know, I'm conjecturing now, of course. Yeah. But his, his personal chef said that he lately had very extreme bouts of indigestion and yes. things like that. Yes. And was really eating very minimally and just basically eating salads and things like that. So. Yeah. And then there was some kind of an intervention that was ordered, mm-hmm. apparently, or, or somebody decided they wanted to have an intervention. And they, the, the big intervention guy from California, Dr. Cornfield, sent his son yeah. to Minnesota. By the time he got there, Prince was laying in the elevator. Yeah. So I don't know. You know, who knows? There's, there's a lot of po- ways to look at it, I guess. That's, that's, that's one way. I'm actually, right now, while you're talking about this, I'm, I found the picture that I'm going to include with the show notes. Of Prince doing the, <clears throat> doing the sign. No, Prince with the um uh with a with a third eye sunglasses. Oh, that's another one. Yeah. Yeah. And he also I saw one where he had his he had a lot of different kinds of hairdos yep. over the years. Well, he had his hair down over one eye. Yep. And the other eye, which he was in profile, you could see just the one yep. eye. Yep. And he was kind of blinking it, making a point of the of the one eye, which is yep. the eye of Horace. Yep. And if you're wondering what that is, look on the back of the one dollar bill at the top of the pyramid. Everybody has a copy of that. Everybody's got one of those in their wallet. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. If you don't, mm, you're in trouble. So it's kind of interesting. I I don't know. You know, I I tend to think along those lines, but yeah, that's just me. You do. You absolutely do. I'm a, I'm one of that kind of person that sorts always looking for that kind of strand. I guess you do. Things. You do. Yeah. No kidding. I mean, yeah. Um, I mean, for, I mean, but for me, the whole thing is is that you're, you're coming at it from this, and I think that because. And we talked about this, and I'm, I'm not going to like dwell on this too much. But the idea that the pharmaceutical companies are making money hand over fist by allowing people to um, self-prescribe them drugs. Like the thing is, is that it's like when you are watching commercials, and it's like it's a, it's it's a it's a it's a 90 second long commercial. And the thing is, is that it's like you know this woman says, "Do you suffer from seasonal allergies? I take one of these and I feel great." And then you hear the announcer says that it was just like you know talks about the side effects include 
anal <clears throat> anal leakage, right. urethra bleeding, heart palpitations. <laughs> so you have to say mm, severe migraines, runny nose, or <laughs> anal leakage. <laughs> what, what am I going to offer? Now, granted, those those side effects are probably a very small percentage of people. Sure, and they but they have to put them out there because they'd get sued up the wazoo if they didn't. Psychotic, however, yeah, psychotic you know, suicidal it, I mean, thoughts. It, it seems like every third commercial is some kind of a medical. Yeah. intervention of, or medicinal intervention or pharmaceutical intervention is the word I'm looking for, I guess. You know, yeah. I, I think we're becoming a, a nation or a society anyway of people that are really dependent on pharmaceutical yeah. uh, fixes yeah, and diminishing all of the other possibilities. You know, it's a quick fix. You know, yeah. you, something, you have a symptom, here, take this. They're over-prescribing antibiotics too. Yeah. So that we're now developing um, bacteria that's resistant to antibiotics. So, yeah. You know, maybe that's all part of a bigger plan too. It's all part of the plan. I don't know. Could be. It's Who all knows? part of the plan. Who knows? But I think it's a combination of things that really sort of eventually took down Prince. I think the thing is, is that. He was just so influential during the seventies and eighties. Well, where... who who got him addicted on it to these things? Somebody did. I mean, he if he he if he was really kind of anti drugs and alcohol and stuff, somebody said, "Hey, this you know, take take one of these. This is this is going to help you help take you in your of these. This is going to help you in your hip pain. You're going to be dancing better with it. Exactly. You know, Percocet on board, exactly. You know? So of course, what is he going to do? But maybe he was feeling his age. I mean, he was fifty seven. You know, he wasn't. Yeah. He wasn't Exactly, a young buck anymore. Exactly, you know? and and maybe he couldn't give up the. It's hard to believe that you and Prince are the same age. Give up the young Prince, you know. Maybe he doesn't yeah. want to be the old Prince. I don't know. So, um, you know, who knows? I don't. I don't know. There's a lot of possibilities. I think I, the I thing just is, think it's strange that he just sort of did an about face on on medication. By the way, show uh, a post-it note for the Illuminati. Mm. Got to do that. Got to do a show on the Illuminati. Providing, of course, that they're not going to take us out. So um, let me think here. Another metaphysical connection in the news as of today while we're recording this. This day in history, meaning May 5th. Cinco uh, de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. But what else? What other significant thing happened on May 5th? I don't know. Maybe maybe I do know. Alan B. Shepard, first American in space. And Alan B. Shepard is from where? New Hampshire? Yeah. Actually, I think your son is named after him. Uh, partially named yeah. after Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I, that's, that's a pretty obscure fact. I can't, Factoid. I can't believe that that is so obscure, though. I mean, Alan B. Shepard, American hero. This is, well, what, this is a day for obscure Americans or semi-obscure Americans. This is one of the... talking about my one of my heroes... Tesla. Tesla. We'll talk about him later. <laughs> right. But here, here's what drives me crazy. And and this really sort of pisses me off. Um, it, it really pisses me off. It it's pissed on, actually. It's better. Yeah. The thing that really, really torques me off is the notion that more people know more about William Shatner and what William Shatner had for breakfast this morning than Alan Shepard. The thing is, is like if you were to round up all of these Trekkies and, 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 um, and I and I asked them, okay, who who was Alan B. Shepard and why is he important? I highly doubt that. Mm, I doubt that five percent of, of of Trekkies out there who can tell you who Alan B. Right, Shepard is. Right. But if I asked all these Trekkies the same question, what was the combination 
of Captain Kirk's safe in the episode Shore Leave or or something like that. They would they would they would know. They'd, they'd be turning the tumblers in there. Yeah, in their mind. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, weigh the two things. I mean, Alan Shepard was, you know, didn't didn't have quite the appeal of, say, Star Trek. I, I you know, because the thing. I, I mean, I, really, Eric? No, come on. come on. Let's be honest now. No. Would you would you join the Alan Shepard Shepard fan club? Maybe you would. Again. Yeah. <laughs> Again. <laughs> I mean, really. I mean, I get you. I get what you're saying. Yeah. He, he should be more. Um, more noted because the thing is is that there for, there, what, for what has accomplished there's a space it. museum and planetarium that is that's named not the way our society positions things it's, you know, it's but it's, it's, it's all it's about wrong. entertainment it's wrong well, i know it's wrong i'm not saying it's right i'm just saying it it's is wrong. alan, alan what it is and here's the thing alan b shepherd also went to the went, went to the moon pal okay so if you know so much about him what's the b stand for alan b shepherd yeah the b in alan b shepherd is obviously for bartlett alan bartlett Shepard Jr. Everybody knows that. Come on, it. Yeah. Yeah, of course, I, I don't know. So you can be that could be total bullshit. exactly. It could be bullshit. Alan bullshit Shepard. I don't that know. could be that could be it too. Because <clears throat> yeah, he had quite a temper. If things weren't right, he'd let everybody know. So I think it's amazing. It's like in, going on, to a launch huh? in this day and this. So, but yesterday launch into a tirade. Exactly. So yesterday was an important day. Now here's here's a question, Walt. If being a Star Wars fan um, was a crime. Would they have enough evidence to convict you? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I'd be doing life. Yeah. Yeah. How, how did you celebrate May the 4th? Um, I didn't, oh, actually. Okay. Because to you, every day, every day is Star Wars oh, yeah. Day. I don't, I don't have to single out one day. All right. Um, May the 4th be with you. Is that what you're Yeah, that's, exactly, that's yeah. it's a big, huge Star Wars fanboy day. I actually think that's a little bit hokey, but uh, I do too. But that's just me. I do too. I th I, th I honestly think that uh, um, the Friday before Memorial Day should be the uh, uh, you know National Star Wars holiday because that, that's that's when the first Star Wars movie was released. But yeah, that's, that makes more sense. But yeah. the thing is, it's is not that as <clears throat> okay. So the thing is, is that on May the fourth, uh, and I I know that you a lot of other people don't know why is May the fourth also very important for Star Wars fans and Americans in general. I don't know, Eric. You're just stomping me with it. All right. So the thing is, is that I'm sure you remember where you were when you heard about Kent State. Uh, actually, I don't. Okay. I, I remember hearing about it. I, I don't remember the exact location I was in. So for people who, who don't know, don't remember, because they weren't alive back then, um, college students all over the country were protesting the fact that we had expanded the war in Vietnam into Cambodia hoping to um, hit the Viet Cong uh, supply dumps and whatever. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is that uh, um, a lot of students were really upset, and there were these huge protests in Kent State, uh, Kent, Ohio. And they, um, on the 3rd, I believe, um, the day before, May 4th, um, college students and other people who were professional protesters like, came breezed into town, and they set fire to the ROTC building. And the very next day, there was, a, there was another protest, and the National Guard showed up. And the National Guard just walked in a straight line with, you know, fully armed. And there was a, a riot ensued, and, and tear gas canisters were being thrown back and forth. And, and um, four students were shot by National Guardsmen. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is that, well, what does that have to do with 
with Star Wars. Well, the thing is, is that <clears throat> George Lucas was, this is right around the time when George Lucas was working on American Graffiti, or he was still in school, and he saw this, and, and, he, and he was very affected by the entire thing, is, is that America has gone from being an American republic to an American empire. Sound familiar? Mm. And the thing is, is that what, he, what George Lucas really wanted to do was he wanted to do something that was like a space western, like a tribute to the Flash Gordon, Buck Rogers serials, and the science fiction right. that which he read. exactly what Star Wars is. Which is what Star Wars yeah. is. And the entire thing is, is that how does a republic go from being a republic into a evil empire and there were a lot of references Elect to Richard Nixon for one thing. and some people the evil emperor emperor yeah exactly and the thing is is that and, and the thing is is that um, you know as far as the Vietnam shit sandwich is concerned President Johnson really had a great job in pretty much making the the Vietnam catastrophe what it was oh absolutely yeah, when uh, we've talked he, about he was, the, he, was the, he was the uh, architect of that now now getting back to Kent State my memory of that Mm -hmm. is um, actually reading about, this is somewhat later, reading about Neil Young, hearing about yeah. the incident and getting so ticked off about it that he went out in the woods and in about 10 minutes wrote... Ohio. Ohio. Great song. Ohio. Great song. Yeah. Great song. Great uh, protest I'm a huge songs. Neil Young fan for one thing, but um, yeah. I may have said that before on the show. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, so, yeah. So it was it was one of those kind of precipitating events in American history, I think, that. So yeah, sort of tipped off where direct what direction we were yeah. going in. And the thing is, is that a lot of people attribute um, Kent State to a lot of the anti-establishment movies of the era and the entire like neo neo noir genre of of, of the of the era. Uh, the era. So when anyway, we we have, um, I have, I have a, I have a um, kind of a kind of a carryover, or actually two carryovers from our last podcast. Uh, another I just one. Want to talk about real quickly? Uh, I mentioned a lady that um, sort of had, um, a, well, she doesn't call it a theory. She gets away from the idea of theory. Um, she she had an interpretation of the evidence from nine eleven mm -hmm. that told her that there was some kind of a ray yeah. that was used on on the building on the two yeah, World you Trade Center buildings. That. You talked about and that. And I, I did some more looking up about her and, and her name is Dr. Judy Wood. Okay. And she's got this very, very interesting premise that the the buildings that the two towers that came down according to her they didn't even come down. Mm -hmm. That's not a, a term you can use. Right. That were that were she she has a term she she uses dustification. And and her her thinking is that the the two towers were some kind of a device was used on them, mm -hmm. which is very similar to to what Tesla was Tesla mm -hmm. was talking about, um, and actually developed, mm -hmm. uh, which is what going to be the the premise of our show today. Yep. Um, is is what actually did the buildings in, and and she she's saying that there's no number one there's there's no um, seismic footprint. Uh, the National Ge I think it's the National Geographic Survey does, mm -hmm. keeps a keeps a, keeps a seismic record mm -hmm. for for earthquake. National purposes. Geological Ge Geological yeah. Survey is that what? No. Yeah. What did I say? I don't, it doesn't matter. Wouldn't, yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, and there were there was no seismic record mm -hmm. for that day, a very very small. Yeah. Uh, now both of those buildings, each tower, was five hundred thousand tons. Yeah. Now, it, you would think if, if that amount of weight hit the ground, there wouldn't be a seismic record for that. 
Does, does that make any sense at all? No, it doesn't make any sense at all. Um, so I, I think we need to, do, you need to get another post-it note out because I think we need to sh do a show about her findings. Mm -hmm. um, now, now she's, she's a doctor. She's got a PhD in mechanical engineering. So she's no, you know, she's no stumble bum in, in that arena. She's not just coming up with some crazy theory. Um, in fact, she, she dissuades the whole notion of it being a theory. Yep. Um, so she's got a lot of evidence that, that, that she talks about. And I, I think it's worthy of a whole show. Maybe we can even get her as a guest. That would yeah. Be she came out with this in 2011. Did, did you ever hear about this? Um, I, no, I didn't. I, I want to say yes, but the thing is, is that there's just so much stuff that comes across my desk. Yeah, but I mean, it wasn't on uh, Good Morning America. No, of course not. Oh, you know, are you I, crazy? I mean, I mean, it was. It's it's out of the, you know, it's out of the loop for, for accepted accepted news, which is really why we're talking about it, I guess. Basically. Yeah. Uh, but it's pretty interesting. Uh, there's she's she's got so much so much behind it. Um, she's also a forensic scientist, which means she just studies evidence. She 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 actually takes on the whole American education system. Yeah. And says that you know we 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 start with the theory and try to prove the theory. Yeah, she does just the opposite. She starts with the evidence yep. that's presented and then comes up with possibilities based on that. You know, so, so she's starting from the known and going to the unknown, where we the traditional scientific method is to go from the unknown. You know, you postulate a theory and then you try to find stuff to prove it. Yeah. So she she takes that whole that whole thing on too. Well, he, well, you know, talking about strange technology, this came across my desk yesterday, and uh, I haven't had the chance to really sort of um, vet this yet, but there are a couple of significant links out there, and somebody had published story, um, a couple of stories on this, stem cells used to reanimate the dead. Ooh, nice. The true walking dead. The true walking yeah. dead. <laughs> But, you know, if somebody's been dead a couple of years, do you really want to animate them? That's, well, the that's thing is, is that how, how freshly dead do they have to be? Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, they got to be, you know, I mean, supposedly Christ was able to do that, right? Yeah. Animate. Reanimate the dead. Reanimate the dead, right? Yeah. Reanimator. Exactly. So the thing is, is that. HP Lovecraft story. Exactly. I, I'm, going, I'm going to go on, I'm going to go out on a limb here and I'm going okay. to go on a record here. And I'm going to make a prediction that this is the kind of technology, whereas it sounds great on paper. Like, God forbid anything happens to any of my wife, my, my wife or kids. God forbid anything happens to any of them. Okay. You, I mean, I would do anything to bring them back. And I'm sure that everybody listening has loved ones that they would love to be able to bring back within certain like conditions or whatever. But the idea that the thing is, is that we're going to use stem cells to reanimate the dead sounds like a really bad idea. This sounds like exactly what Mary Shelley was telling was was trying to tell us in her book, Frankenstein. Pet Cemetery. Did no, you ever read Pet Cemetery? I did. Yeah. I did. And the thing is, is that, yeah, but this is Stephen King wrote Pet Cemetery. Well, I know. Not Mary no, Shelley. No, no, I know. All right. Now, I want to make sure you knew that. <clears throat> Come on, Eric. I know. I'm, I'm just, I'm just busting your balls. Do you think I need a stem cell transplant or something? Between your ears? To, to rejuvenate me? Yeah. Well, well, yeah what do you, well, now, what do you think about that? And the thing is, is that are we going to start calling these people zombie Americans or what? I mean, are they going to be a special class of citizens like the undead? Oh, I think we have to find out how they act afterwards. I mean, yeah. 
Yeah. What, what, are, what are they going to be like? Exactly. They're going to be batshit crazy when they <laughs> start doing crazy shit. I don't, I don't, who knows? I don't, I don't even know if it's a possible technology. I don't know. There are people who are, who got grants to go well, right maybe, around. Yeah. I mean, there people get grants for a lot of stuff. I think that stem cell research. It's going to necessarily come to fruition, but. First of all, the whole thing when you talk about stem cells, people start freaking out. Well, because, they start talking, yeah, I know. You get into the whole abortion thing. Right. And, yeah. and, but the thing is, is that the, the stem cells that are hiding in your fat are far more viable to use in your body than anything that you could harvest anywhere else. Your stem cells are perfectly made just for you, Walt. Did right. you know that? I, I did know that. So the thing is, is that it's like, you know, harvest, you know, if they could harvest my stem cells... And regrow, regrow parts of my body that that I that need replacing or need fixing. Hey, listen, I'm all for that. But dude, if I'm dead, I'm dead. Yeah, I mean, your body has a has a shelf life. Yeah, like, you know. And maybe we can extend the. We have extended the longevity of, of humans. Yeah, but the not... average age of death used to be like 35, I think. Yeah. So now you know we've, we've pretty much doubled that. I think. Every every 10 years mm. we seem to add. But another then you have year. to start questioning what your quality of life is going to be yeah you know um if you can get rejuvenated to the point where you're still active and and you know viable then yeah okay that's cool but if you're just going to be a lump of skin sitting around that a skin bag mm -hmm. that that winds know, that and complains all that has to have things brought to them and stuff like that you know? not, yeah, no not so good no not so good no i do i do have one other thing i, I want to call you out a little bit uh-oh here we go from our last show uh-oh you were you were sort of um, a little skeptical, I think, about my conjecture that um, the energy in the pyramids could have been used, uh, could have been charged by human humans at the, at the, at the Ark of the Covenant. Sure. If, if that was indeed an energy sure. source, it was in the Great Pyramid and it was used for the energy totally, in, in, yeah. in Egypt. And I postulated that perhaps... Uh, some of the people that were trained to to use the ark were, were yeah. could could rejuvenate it using their own energy. Yeah, um, and I think you scoffed at that a little bit. I think no, I seem to remember you calling me. I the, remember the craziest I, person. You knew. I remember saying, I I remember "My God, that. Walt, you are got you have got to be the craziest right. person." You know, okay. and uh, but the thing is, is that it was it was it was in a good way. It was I, in a good it was in a good way. I know it wasn't meant, um, you know, to, to yeah. in a demeaning way. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I, I, I came across this little tidbit. Now, this is from Philip Corso's book on uh, Roswell. Yeah. Um, it's called The Day After Roswell. Okay. Right? Yeah, I think so. We'll, we'll um, correct it later in the show. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I think I have that. Um, Day After Roswell, yes. Day After Roswell. So we don't have to correct it. <clears throat> so he, he's, he's the guy that um, supposedly had access to the, to the wreckage mm -hmm. of the UFO that crashed at Roswell. Mm -hmm. This is, you know, again, this is all... Somewhat conjecture. Um, so he he talks about the e EBEs mm -hmm. that were that were in the craft. Those were the those were the alien mm -hmm. creatures. Now an EBE is an, is is what's short for extraterrestrial biological entity. Mm -hmm. Okay, and he and he postulates that the, these these creatures are not completely human. Right, that they're kind of part. They're like biological robots. Right, sort of flesh droids. Kind of like the Terminator. Um, so he he's saying that the lengthwise atomic alignment of the strange strange fabric of their suits 
was a clue that somehow the pilots became part of the electrical storage and generation of the craft itself. So they were actually part of the generation system of the craft, and their suit was a sort of a... Like a conduit. A conduit for that. And that the entire vehicle functioned like a giant capacitor. Hey! Remember we talked about yeah. that? Yeah! It stored the energy to propagate the magnetic wave that elevated it and allowed travel over 7,000 miles per hour. They didn't just pilot or navigate the vehicle, they became part of the electrical circuitry. What do you think about that? I think that makes perfect kind of interesting. I think that makes perfect sense for aliens. I think that you know, because um, we've we've been raised in a paradigm that the pyramids. You can't get past Eric was right, can you? <laughs> <laughs> Eric was right. He was absolutely right. I Eric is right. Because <laughs> the thing is, is that there there is a part of this. Because the thing is, is that the whole thing about the metaphysical connection is that we sort of buy into things that are so that are really far out they're there. really out there yeah they're really out there and that's okay whether and, they're and, true or not it doesn't really matter. And, and we take them seriously and maybe they are maybe they aren't you know? yeah but they're cool they're, but the thing cool is to talk about it's cool but, to think about but here's the thing if everything that you say about the about the 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 roswell aliens or 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 the illegal aliens from another planet or, or, or whatever we want to call them the ebe's and 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 that their clothes and everything about their ship is talking about you know everything is a, a giant power cell mm-hmm. that that is all a part of of the ship's function, and you're saying that there's parallels between the Roswell UFO or the Roswell flying saucer crash and the construction of the pyramids. Absolutely. Then you have <clears throat> to make the connection. That if this is true, and if that is true, and you put them together for a, a, a greater truth, then somehow, some way, either we had help in building the pyramids. Which is why we're going to talk about <clears throat> Tesla today. Either we had help of building the pyramids, or we were connected to a much higher form of technology than we have today. Or... or uh, and another way to look at it is that we had a much more advanced level of technology at some pa- point in our ancient history that we don't know anything about. I think I just said that. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah. I, I guess I was. Yeah. Not I think that, that I, and I think that that's very interesting. Thing. By the way, I want to I want to just interject here something for a second here because I'm looking at your coffee mug. Yeah. Metaphysical connection coffee mug, and the logo. Mm-hmm. Look at the logo, and what does that remind you of? Um. I don't know, it looks like the cosmos. Exactly, but the basic shapes involved. The spheres. No. I was p- sort of partly inspired by the idea of the Illuminati third eye. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Oh, I get that. Okay, yeah. I can see that. And also, it looks like an, an alien head behind the, behind the fedora. <laughs> <laughs> That's my interpretation. But by the way, this co- coffee mug is great because it, it captures um, cosmic energy. It does. And my coffee never cools off. <laughs> it stays hot the whole time. It's 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 great. Well, it's so, be, I it's love it because over, so so if you guys order one of these, you're, that's what you that's what you can get. You well, can the get thing is, coffee it, that never cools off. They ha, they because at Zazzle, you can go and get one of these coffee mugs at zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. You can actually go and they have re-engineered Roswell technology, where it's like you have they put it into the ceramic. They somehow. they they have it's like a capacitor. 
you know, it's like the center it's, is it stores, ceramic. It stores the energy. <laughs> it stores the energy, and it gives off cosmic vibrations. Now, if you think that's, that's what a great can, invention, Eric. You, you, think, you, you think that is powerful? That. You have got to try the all-metal coffee mug. That'll send you into a whole new orbit wow. right there along okay, with Alan B. Shepard. one of those today. It'll send you into a whole brand new orbit right there with Alan B. Shepard. So, I think some of that technology is built into the T-shirts, too. That, that would be great. Exactly. Exactly. Keep it warm or cool. You know, exactly. Whatever the conditions It are. keeps you and constantly It's got a cool. sensor in it so that it senses the ambient temperature and it, and it reacts to it. And it keeps you either, keeps you at a perfect body temperature. And you can adjust that, too. Yeah. It keeps you constantly so if, cool. If I were you, I'd order one of those T-shirts today. Cool like Fonzie. Absolutely. Fon- That's a different kind of cool. Fonzie and a fedora. So anyway, okay. we're going to so we're- we're take a quick break. We are going to refuel on coffee, and then we are going to really get into it with our good friend, Nikolai Tesla. Tesla. Stay tuned. If you have something you want us to promote on the Metaphysical Connection podcast, let us know by getting in touch with me. My email address is info at thefedorachronicles.com. If you have something to promote that our listeners would be interested in, let me know and I'll read your ad during our actual podcast. It could be goods and services, a special event or convention, a book or documentary you've written or created, or even your own podcast on the topic of the unexplained phenomenons. That's also how you can get in touch with us and let us know how about your own experiences. Um, have a good ghost story, seen something unusual or strange, or just post your opinion on any given topic. Once again, just drop us a line at info at thefedorachronicles.com. So anyway, this is it. This is the show that you have all been waiting for, the segment you have all been waiting for, especially Walt Schnabel. Walt Schnabel will, I think that, um, I don't think, it, would you say that Nikola Tesla is your folk hero? He's like the one guy that, you know, if you could have dinner with anybody in all of human history, living or dead, I think that you would pick Tesla. Tesla or Abraham Lincoln. Really? Yeah, really? I mean, I'm, a, I'm a huge Lincoln fan as well. But I'm sure I'm shocked. I'm shocked and surprised in a Why? good way. I'm, I just, I never would have thought Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, I, I think he was a really cool guy. Plus, he was funny. He had, he had like a lot of quips that he used to come out with and things like that, which which I enjoyed. You know what I'd like to say? I'd, I'd like to put a, 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 a an episode of uh, Dinner for Five. Uh, Walt Schnabel, Abraham Lincoln, Nikola Tesla, Stephen King. Did I already say Walt Schnabel? You did. And obviously myself, just fielding questions. Yeah, that'd be cool. I think that would I think be cool. We can get that together. I, I think I think that uh, I think Stephen King is a little busy right now, but yeah, uh, he's I, a little hard to get. Yeah, might be easier getting Abe Lincoln actually. Uh, exactly. Anyway, let's talk um, about. So Tesla. we're off and running with Tesla. Yeah. Um, as you said, one of my huge heroes, and I think a, an an under recognized American hero, uh, because if you start looking at what Tesla did. And what he created, the majority of, of the things that devices and electronic and electric things that we use today are, thank we're, we're th- we should be thankful to Tesla for. And I'm not sure that a lot of people even realize that. I mean, it, probably most people have heard of Tesla, 
Um, by the way, did you notice I drove in with my rented Tesla this morning? I did. I, I did notice that. That is really sharp. That's cool, isn't it? That is. That yeah, is, is really sharp. So, by the way, did, did, I just hope I don't crack it up on the way home. It's probably it's like a hundred thousand dollar car. So. I think I think that that is I think that that is awesome. So I was going to ask you how many miles to the gallon does it get, but I guess it uh, it's electric. So it's no. Yeah, it's a relevant question. Absolutely, it runs on uh, cosmic energy. I think. Or yeah. And it's sharp, too. It's cool, yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm going to start today with a, with a quote from Tesla. And he, he, had, a, he had a number of quotes. Uh, but this one, I think, really sums up um, what he was about. And he said, if you want to find the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. Absolutely. Okay. So... That's it. That's the show. We're done. Okay. It's all. It's all there. Don't have to go any right. further. Hey, thanks for listening. We got a special guest next next time. Right. So that's our Tesla show. That's was, our Tesla it was, show. It was, it was. It was. It was a brief but meaningful show. Yeah. No, only kidding. So I, one of the one of the um, documentaries that I watched on him was from PBS, which are usually pretty good. Great show. They called him the modern Prometheus. Yeah. Um, and we talked about Prometheus in a. Was it the last show or a previous show? A previous show, yeah. One of our shows, yeah. So, what did Prometheus do, Eric? I'll let you. I'll let you riff on Prometheus for a minute. Here. Oh, um, the thing is, it's it's the same joke that I used earlier. Um, talking about Prometheus, are we talking about like the uh, the ancient uh, the ancient god or Titan? Or are we talking about the uh, Ridley Scott movie? Well, we're talking about the, the the Titan. Just the idea of bringing the concept of lightning and fire from from the sky from the gods to um to the mere mortals here on earth whether right. you know so in essence he brought light or yep. illumination or knowledge yeah maybe if you want to look at it that way Laptop. and that's and that's what tesla did really um tesla was a very 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 unusual person very unusual human being let's let's start um, with his origins where did where did okay. tesla come from tesla was born in what is now called croatia mm -hmm. um, in 1856 mm -hmm. he was born on uh the stroke of midnight which is kind of unusual mm -hmm. and during a lightning storm uh-huh um so the midwife that was attending his his mother's attending the birth said that since he was born during a lightning storm he was going to be a figure of darkness <laughs> that's the way she interpreted it and his mother said oh no 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 he's going to be a a man of the light so right off the bat he had sort of a duality a, du a duality we, to his yeah. attached to him and yeah. and in 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 fact that was very prophetic that that's that that sequence of events was very prophetic for, right. for the way his life went yeah um so he he grew up in croatia up up to the point where he was i guess in adolescence um, his father was a priest and um not not a not a um, roman catholic priest but a Mm -hmm. Eastern Orthodox priest, so they're they're allowed to marry. Apparently, not mm -hmm. not Roman Catholic priest, and his mother was um, kind of a kind of a inventor, really. Yeah, such so as kind of where he got that from. Um, so he was a very precocious kid. You know, he he was always taking stuff apart and yep. designing things and blah blah blah. Uh, and then he so he talked his father into to going to uh, school to to learn about electric the nature of electric and physics and things mm -hmm. like that which the father consented to now apparently at that time there you had two distinct avenues um if you're going to be an elevated 
member mm-hmm. of society. One was to be a priest and one was to be in the military. Right. Which his, his family was sort of divided between the two. Sure. Um, but his father consented to let him do that. So I think he went to Vienna and, mm-hmm. and studied. Uh, and, and he actually got a job working in Paris for one of Edison's companies that was an international sort of company at the time. And did so well that the, that the guy at the company said, well, you know, you really ought to go over to, to New York and work at the work with the big boys mm-hmm. and work with Edison himself. And so he, he um, hopped a ship, um, apparently he got mugged or something, mm-hmm. and got his money stolen and his ticket stolen. Uh, it's kind of like the beginning of Titanic. Right. Where, where uh, Leonardo DiCaprio got lost his ticket and stuff. Um, well, but he talked his way, he, he apparently had a gift of gab and he talked his way onto a, onto a steamer and made his way over to New York in, um, I think it was 1884 now. So he was probably in his late teens, early 20s, I guess. Yep. Um, and and went, right to, went right to Edison and, and pretty much got hired right on the spot. So he actually arrived with a letter saying that from the from the guy that he worked for in in Paris, mm-hmm. saying that there are there are going to be two great men in the world. One is Thomas Edison, and the other is standing in front of you with a letter in his hand, which was kind of a cool way to put it, I think. Yeah. So uh, Edison hired him, and and uh, Edison really hired him to kind of. Uh, clean up some of his, some of the projects that he couldn't put the hammer down on. Edison was one guy classified Edison as a tinker. He he would he would come up with a whole bunch of different solutions for for something that he was working on and and a lot of times couldn't get to the right one. So what Tesla did was he he would put the hammer down on these things and and uh you know get the get the thing to the point where it was workable. Mm-hmm. Um so they got along okay for a while but um you know, as as often happens, two two geniuses in the same room, um, you know, it makes makes for not not so good of a relationship. You right. Know, there's only so much room for, and, and they had to probably both had big egos. Yeah, I but think. we we make it work. Well, that's long. true. We've got a pretty good sized room here, though. Uh, get, our, get our head get our heads in the door. Just, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So at some point, they they had a divergence. Now now Tesla's big one of the big things that he came up with. Um, was alternating current, mm-hmm. which is which was what we actually use still use now. Yep. Um, and and going segueing back a little bit when he was still um, going when he was still in school, he he had a vision of um, a rotating circle, um, which which later became the the premise of the electric motor, mm-hmm. which which is you know what AC current runs on. The electric mm-hmm. motor runs on AC current. Uh, but he, but he had this sort of flash mm-hmm. of, um, of like a vision almost of of this thing. But that's not the first time though that he had visions like that. No, he used to he he sort of went into a trance almost in in some ways. So he he always said that he was channeling these things that he he wasn't really he wasn't really an inventor. He was he was discovering or maybe even rediscovering these things that already existed mm-hmm. in somewhere. You know, in some he called it the core. I, don't, I, don't, I wasn't able to really figure out what he meant by that. He called it the core. That was the source of of, of, of where this stuff was channeling mm-hmm. from. Um, plus, he also had a photographic memory, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, he could, he could memorize or he could read a whole passage from a book and then a couple of days later recite it word for word, you know, which is a yeah, pretty good skill to have. 
Yeah. That makes things a lot easier. I wish I had I, that. I, I, I wish I had that too. Um, so uh, that's that's called it. Uh, eidetic memory, which I didn't know. E i d e t i c, eidetic memory. Mm-hmm. Um, just for you, for you people out there that like those kind of terms. Uh, so getting back to to Edison, Edison's premise for for energy, for power, for electric power, was um, DC current. Yes, there was a big, huge controversy there's, between and the there, two. And there, there was a big. Yeah, they, they had a like an intellectual Mexican standoff on that, you know, and and Edison had dedicated a lot of his funds to to DC current, so he had you know he had, he had a lot of his money on that, and and uh, Tesla was coming coming through with a whole different idea, which which mm-hmm. didn't didn't make Edison very happy. Uh, the the downside of DC current was it had it had a lot of limitations. Right, it could be used to power things, but it but it you had to have a power station every block. Right. So it didn't have any long distance implications as with uh, right. alternating current. You could go over you know, pretty great distances with it. You had to have transformers to amp it up, but not every block. Right. You know. So they had a pretty big divi- intellectual divide on that. And they ended up parting ways as a result of that, but not before um, Edison took pretty great advantage of him. One, one of the things Edison did, which was um, sort of, points out his personality there's actually two things that i ran across that sort of sort of capsulize edison in some way because he's he's always he's always sort of the icon of of american inventors you know right. like he was some kind of demigod or something and he was apparently as a person he was far from that yeah um he did invent a lot of good things you know, getting that but um you know some of it was stuff that some of his underlings came up with that he took credit for too yeah because he, he, he was paying them so he he took their their idea and patented oh, of course it, you know, which is not unheard of i mean a lot of, a lot of people have done that kind of thing it happens even today right right so so one of the things that he did was he he commissioned uh verbally commissioned tesla to come up with a system to to light the streets in cities yeah uh, and, uh, what do we call that arc lighting called arc lighting yeah right? which which we still use today as a matter of fact mm-hmm. um, and this is probably the biggest thing that that drove tesla away from him so Tesla did it. He he went out and designed the system that was capable of lighting the cities. However, it was based on AC power, of course, which which Edison um, hated, you know, didn't didn't want to have any part of. So um, Tesla, you know, came up with this design, and one of Edison's uh, flunkies said, uh, "We've moved on from that. We don't we don't need that anymore because of you know because they had gone in another direction with with." Um, a different type of lighting, right? So Tesla said, "Well, you you were going to pay me for this, you know." And the guy laughed and he said, "Oh no, no, that was just a joke." He said, "You just don't understand American humor. Yeah. We, we, we were just kidding about that." <laughs> so Tesla, needless to say, was not not amused. <laughs> um, and another thing that that Edison did, which I found like really despicable, right, was he actually got neighborhood kids. And he paid him uh, twenty-five cents a head to go out and you can't say kidnap, but pet nap dogs and cats from the neighborhood. And he would he would do demonstrations where he would he would hook the pet up to AC current, and he'd get a crowd electric together, chair. and yeah, and electrocute him in front of a crowd of people to demonstrate the, that 
AC current was dangerous and that they shouldn't. Oh, Jesus. Sorry. <laughs> You're talking about electric. I'm getting carried away. I just got electrocuted. <laughs> um, you know, so, you know, if I was going to write a character, uh, you know, I'm a fiction writer, so I try to write a character. That, that's a nice little thing that shows the insight into Edison's character. Like, who would do that? You know, I mean, every, kind of, like, everything you need to know. Would do that, you know. It is. It really is. Everything you need to know um, about Thomas Edison. Exactly. In a, in a, in a short. In that little anecdote. In a short little capsule there. That's evil. Uh, that is evil. That's it's nasty. So all you pet lovers out there, you can take your fingers out of your ears. Now I should have warned you about that, I guess. But yeah. But you know, at that point, kind of points to what his his mindset was. Um, I mean, he was gonna he was gonna diminish Tesla at at any cost, you know, and he he, he did a pretty good job of it actually. Um, so Tesla said, okay, you don't want my arc lighting system, I'm gonna give I'll sell it to somebody else, which he did. I think he sold it to Westinghouse and, yeah. and made. Uh, I think Westinghouse bought it for a million dollars plus royalties. Um, so he he got a pretty good chunk of change out of that um, and broke off from Edison and started his own laboratory, right. Tesla Laboratories in New York City. Um, the, the interesting thing about Tesla is, though, he, he really didn't really care about money in, in terms of his own, uh, for his own benefit. He, he really only saw money as a way to fund his inventions. Right. That's that's so he so he, he really was a humanitarian. He he really didn't give a shit about accruing millions and millions and millions of dollars. Like like apparently Edison was a real tightwad. Yeah. And he would you know he would he would do stuff the cheapest way he could possibly do it you know to, and cheat people and stuff like that. So anyway, um, so Tesla was pretty successful with that. Um, I, I think Westinghouse probably got most of the credit mm -hmm. from that because he bought the ended up buying the patent and stuff. Um, so Tesla's next big thing was he moved to Colorado Springs in 1899. This is kind of right at the turn of the century. And he started working on wireless transmission of energy, yep. which was a big, huge concept that um, never actually really even came to fruition, but um, it was it was a really great idea. Um, and it was based on the fact that Tesla believed there was a there was an area in the ionosphere called the Schulman cavity, mm -hmm. which is about, I think, 40 miles above the Earth. Mm -hmm. And it what it does is it accumulates charge from from lightning strikes. And 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 actually, the, the whole solar system is electrically electrically oriented yep um starting from the sun the sun the sun emits electric vibrations or pulses pulsars i guess they're called and and that comes to earth and it accumulates in the atmosphere all the planets really not just the earth all the ones that have atmospheres anyway um maybe the earth is the ideal receptacle for that i don't know so he he was in colorado because uh, there was a i guess an easier way to access that there and he was putting lights out in fields that weren't attached to anything and, and making them light up. Yeah, we actually have pictures of that. There's pictures of that. of that, yeah. So this was the beginning stages of, of, of wireless transmission of energy. Um, <clears throat> so that's, you know, that, that was way, way, way ahead of, his, of, of the time and probably even now. I, I don't think a lot of people even understood what he was doing, which is where he started getting... A lot of negative feedback. People were thinking that he was just just crazy, you know, talking about stuff like this. And, and he, so he eventually, um, pre World War One now, 
he came he came back to New York after about a year in Colorado yep. and started working on this this premise. And he hooked up with J.P. Morgan, big big financier. He was he made money in railroads and um, you know all the all the things that forged the the America mm-hmm. in, in the early part of the 1900s, late 1800s. So J.P. Morgan initially bought into it, gave mm-hmm. him one hundred fifty thousand dollars. I don't know what Tesla did with the money from the from the uh, arc lighting, but he probably spent it on experiments and stuff. And, yeah, and he 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 apparently was not like um, not not a real outgoing person. He he didn't you know he didn't socialize a lot and that kind of stuff. So no, I don't think he spent it on wine, women, and song, but um, he probably put it back into his his work of course you know um so jp morgan morgan gave him gave him 150 grand to to start working on this technology and uh so using that uh tesla constructed a a tower on long island um it was called warden cliff not sure if that was the name of the town or if that was the name of his laboratory it might have been both i don't know anyways it was this huge tower um that was oddly enough very similar to a pyramid mm-hmm. in shape. It was a big wooden kind of it looked, it looked almost like a big guard tower, sort of you know much wider at the bottom and narrowed as it came to the top. It had a big dome on the top of it, a big big yeah. metal dome. Uh, but what that did was it 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 used the very similar technology to what I was talking about um, with the pyramids in our last show in the Great Pyramid, where, where it draws um, ionization out of the groundwater, which mm-hmm. is probably why he built it on Long Island, and and then combines that with a positive charge and and creates a flow of electricity. Um, and then and that po- positive charge, I'm sure, is tapped into the um, what he called the Schumann cavity. So he tapped into that charge out of that cavity, and his intention was to transmit wireless energy all over the place so that so it could be used by everyone yep um now that was the the tower in long island was just the sort of the prototype he was going to have 12 other towers around the world that would be like transmitting stations which some people think that perhaps the pyramids all over the world were were those exact kind right. of things because one of the things that we had sort of discussed because <clears throat> there are pyramids elsewhere. all over the world yeah and that's one of the and things we're finding more and more all the time and, and in my review of philip copen's book ancient mm-hmm. uh ancient civilization enigma great book is, is that there here there were all of these um uh, pyramids that are being found all over the world and the thing is is that they're being found especially in uh uh, in Eastern Europe, uh, of, of all yeah, places, Bosnia and places like that, yeah. and, and the th- and the thing is, is that they're just not in um, in Egypt and 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 South America. No, not at all. They're, they're all, all over the place. Right. And the thing is, is that well, who built all these pyramids, and how come how come they have so much in common, and why? And and, yeah, the, and the size proportions are very similar, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like the 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 base and the base and the angle. Um, um, of the, of the sides are, pr- are pretty similar. They all conform to the golden mean. Yeah, which is a um, a formula. Yeah. So and that's that that in and of itself is raises a lot of questions because yeah. it's like if you if you look at the pictures that we have published of all of Tesla's towers and you compare them, you compare them to um, the, the pyramids. 
especially if you buy into the, the uh, accepted scientific thought patterns that these these societies were all isolated from each other. Right. Well, really? Uh, how did that happen? You know, they all individually thought of pyramids, of the you know with the almost exact designs and things like that. Uh, that doesn't make a lot of sense. I, I don't. I don't buy it. You know, it you know, it's hard to explain. I don't know? buy it. Which is which is why when you bring that up to to mainstream archaeologists and stuff, they start to start they to lose shake. their minds. Well, they start to shake. Yeah. Um, so anyway, getting back to Tesla, um, J.P. Morgan w- was on board. Up to the point where where he realized that, um, hmm, guess what? Free energy? <laughs> you can't put a meter on it. I don't think so. So he all of a sudden uh, pulled his funding out from Tesla and wouldn't even return. I mean, somebody must have enlightened him and said, um, you're funding a, a project that's going to let people get free energy. You're not going to. I mean, obviously, you'd have to have some kind of a device, I guess, to, sure. you know, to, to access it. But um, something that would be relative, I mean, Tesla's thinking is something that would be relatively inexpensive that would allow everybody to have access to, to power. You know, because initially it was just the, just the well-to-do and the elite people that could electrify their houses. And, and right. I mean, it did eventually get to the point where it got cheap enough that we could, could all access it. Right. <clears throat> right. However, at that point, J.P. Morgan said, um, mm, I don't think so. And he pulled his funding out and, and that was it. Tesla couldn't couldn't move on with the project so that so the tower just kind of sat there as a as a monument to his you know to his what became his folly you know people viewed it that way a a totem to his failure i guess yeah exactly and it was torn down um sometime during world war one i think i probably accessed the the materials for something i don't know you know which is too bad because it would have been cool to be able to go and look at it but at any rate and it was it apparently they had a hard time getting it down because it was constructed so so meticulously as, yep. as was Tesla's way. Uh, okay, so that that brings us up to World War One, and um, you know Tesla's Tesla's inventions are just almost limitless in the amount of things that he he came up with. He 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 developed radar mm-hmm. during World War One. Um, with the advent of the German U-boats, he saw that you know mm-hmm. that they were really. I think it was World. Was that World War One or World War Two? I'm not sure. Well, he he had died in 1943. 1943. So yeah. it was like in the middle of World War Two, right? Mm-hmm. So that must have been uh, the radar technology. Must have been World War One. I'm not, I missed that point, but um, at any rate, he he developed radar, and of course that was initially scoffed at. Yeah, they didn't think it would work, and then he demonstrated that it that it would work. Um. And you know he he's got so he's he's got over seven hundred patents for yep. things, and I'll, I'll I'll reel off a list of, of of all the things that people would would recognize now. Sure, that may they may or may not associate with Tesla. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the biggest things, uh, which was was credited to to Marconi, was wireless radio. Yeah, uh, I know your father was involved in that. My father was involved in that. And oh every, yeah, everybody you know you say I would say ninety percent or probably 98% of people, you would say, who invented the radio? And they'd say Marconi, if, sure. if they even have any sense sure. of that. Uh, but that's not true. Marconi actually used Tesla's patent, used his technology, and sort of extent, he kind of beat Tesla to the punch. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know how he did it. He must have gotten around Tesla's patent somehow. 
and he did the first he did the first wireless broadcast across the Atlantic. Yeah, it was a code. It was Morse code. Yep. Um, and Tesla realized that and sued him, and actually won the he won the case. Mm -hmm. So he actually got the rights to the to the patent, but too late by then. Marconi had already probably made a fortune on it. You know. Um, so at least he did win that one. That was something. Uh, and then he he started gradually beginning to fall out of favor with a with a scientific community. Probably yeah. he was probably bad mouthed by. Uh, at some point he was really kind of the darling of the of the yeah. of the scientific community. He was he was friends with like Mark Twain and and people like that. But then I, I think I think J P Morgan sort of put the put the screws to him. You know, yeah, kind of, kind of behind the scenes man. And that is look like a jackass. Yeah. Which you know, if people had realized what what the potential was that was there, we, we'd be living in a whole lot different world. We'd be today. living in a totally different world. We right would now. be. We would be. And that's that's probably the biggest point of, of what what we're talking about today is what would the world look like had we listened to Tesla? Had right? Had, had uh, you know? And Tesla at one point said that he 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 didn't care about. Um, what the current scientists thought he said they were short-term thinkers yeah he said his, his his realm was in the future yeah and and what the future would look like because of the things that he was yeah coming up with so he, yeah. he knew that on some level he knew that what he was talking about was not even going to probably be that even understood yeah at, during his lifetime yeah uh, in the future which is which is what's coming to pass now yeah you know we wouldn't have uh, i'm not i'm sure we wouldn't have wireless internet no, I don't even know if we have internet if it wasn't for for Tesla. I mean, yeah. a, a lot of people don't understand. They they think of him. Even people that know anything about him, just think about him in terms of electricity. Yeah. But he also was involved with electronic stuff. Yeah. You know, his his theory with that um, Wardenclyffe Tower was to not only transmit uh, wireless power, but also wireless communication. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be a dual device, um, which would tra not only transmit transmit electricity but also radio signals around the world so the world could communicate with each other so he, he was a really forward-thinking um person you know I, I, it's hard to imagine what even level of his thought pattern his, his iq was never measured yeah but it's conjectured that it's it's somewhere between 160 and 200 which is which is pretty off the charts you know i mean a very smart person is usually about 140 or something you know but it's in the einstein range you know um, I, I think so. it, I think it's crazy in looking back in retrospect. Whereas it was just like this gets a hole back into the modern paradigm. Mm -hmm. Where whereas the world is the way it is because the world is the way it is, and we do not want to change it too radically. We don't want to get in. You know, we don't want to get weird or anything like that. Uh, we don't. You know, and. Um, there's just so much change society could handle all at once. Well, it's it's because people hang their hat on a certain notion or a certain yeah. set of uh, principles or, or whatever, and and they make their they make their hay on that. Their their yeah. whole life is revolved around that. And if you pull the rug out from under that, they get very nervous. Yeah. Or if you if you even mention pulling the rug out from under that, they get very very nervous about that, which I guess is understandable. But it also um, prevents, you know, forward motion. Like, like right now, the entire paradigm of energy consumption here in the United States is revolved around fossil fuels. Yeah. 
Yeah. Whether whether it whether it's coal, natural gas, um, oil. oil, whatever, it's all wrapped around that. And if there was some transformative technology, which which there is, there is mm-hmm. a lot of that just gets bought up and buried by the establishment. And, you know, that just goes away because the thing is, is that it was like, I mean, God forbid anything should happen to Exxon Mobil and they're not able to like rake in the ginormous profits on the fact that we all need gasoline. Well, if you go if you go back to Tesla, when he was working on the wireless transmission of energy, those those, those guys would have that would have never happened. They, 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 they might have been had a more limited uh, usage, you know, maybe just. I don't. I mean, his his intention was that everything would run on this: cars, transportation, trains, airplanes. Uh, he he had a he had a um, he had a technology for electric airplanes that would run off of this power grid. Yeah, that, that the whole world would be a power grid, and it really is a power grid. Right. You know, if if people would buy just, into that, we're just but, not able it, to tap into well, it. Well, they they couldn't make enough money off of it, so they. They you diminished it. You can't put a meter across it and and charge people right, for right, for the usage. Right. So what did they do? They they diminished the whole thing. So had had that come into prominence, had J. I mean, you can actually vilify J. P. Morgan. He was the guy that really yeah. put the kibosh on that. You know, by pulling his funding out. And, and, you know, that's his thought pattern. That's, and to an and to an extent, you could also vilify. Uh, what's what's his name? Edison. Well, yeah, yeah. Edison was the. You know, who knows how much he did to damage. Um, Tesla's reputation. Well, hey, listen, if, if he's if he's willing to electrocute some neighbor's cats, then who knows what else he's capable of Yeah, who knows what doing. kind of evil he's capable of. Exactly. As I said, that that's an insight into his past personality. That's everything you need to know. Yeah, it is. It's There it is, right there. Um, I don't need anything to, to know anything more than that to to hate him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I grew up in New, right near Menlo Park in New Jersey. He was the wizard of Menlo Park. You know, he was like the, you know, he was the, the big American hero yeah. in terms yeah. of technology development and stuff. Yeah. And he did develop a lot of good things. Sure. Who knows how much of that was really his his ideas exactly. and somebody else's. And all right, so let's let's move on toward um, something that I think a lot of people probably have heard reference to and don't really understand very much. Is the Tesla death ray? The Tesla death ray, right, and we uh, touched upon this last week. This is this is where we start getting into that duality thing, where um, Tesla's technology could be used, um, you know, for for evil purposes. So to speak. Also known as the teleforce, we- weaponizing uh, Tesla's technology, which is which is not what he intended it for. Yeah, he actually called it his term for it was the peace ray. Right, because he felt that what it would do is it would neutralize all of all of all of the military actions if this thing was in place. Mm-hmm. Um, he he said that um, what what he could do he, he he somebody talked to him about airplane airplanes bombing you know from during the war bombing things and and he said well if you use my death ray. Um, he called it a peace ray. He didn't say death ray. Or he's my ray, I guess. Right. Uh, what what it would do is it would, um, if it was directed at an airplane, it would heat up the pilot <laughs> to the point where, um, you know, he, he would die. The pilot would die and the plane would crash and there would be no, there would be no usage of aircraft for bombing because you could take them right out. Yeah. There, it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to implement it anymore. So his emphasis was not on was not on killing the pilot, but was on stopping that mindset. 
Yeah. Um, so, you know, every year on his birthday, he would, he would come out with, he'd have like a press conference sort of. Yeah. And he would talk about what his new inventions were, you know, what he was working mm-hmm. on. And 1934, he came out with this um, thing about the Tesla Ray, mm-hmm. and the New York Times reported on it. It was, it was a pretty big deal. Um, and, and what he did, which, which I thought was really cool, was he, he divided the plans up into segments, or he divided the technology, I guess, into segments, or, or how, to, how to construct it. And he gave one segment to the United States. He gave one segment to the English. He gave one segment to the Canadians. And he gave one segment to the Russians. Really? Who were, who were our allies at the time. Yeah. They, they became not our allies. but, And his thinking was that no one person would have access to the technology. Because the four countries would have to collaborate. They'd have to put their pieces together to create this thing. Yep. Um, whether or not they did that, I don't know. I, I suspect that they didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think somebody did. Mm-hmm. Maybe they did. And it was just kept under wraps. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Um, now, now, what this device works on, it's not a laser beam. Some, some people think of it as a laser beam. It's, although the laser beam is, he is credited, credited with developing the laser beam. laser beam. This is not laser technology. Right. It may, it may be transmitted on, on a laser or on a beam of light. However, what it does is it, it changes the vibration of matter. Yeah. It, it speeds it up. Mm-hmm. So the way that the pilot would be heated up was is that his atoms would be speeded up. Yeah, and it would create heat in his body because that would you know that, that would create more motion within his atomic structure, which would create heat, which would create his, boom, boom, boom. a very very uncomfortable pilot. Yeah, um, and and he he felt that he could do that with any form of matter he could speed up the atoms with this and what he was doing was energizing the atomic structure with yeah. his with his device I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure the exact physics behind that but um, it, it, it had to do with transmission of of um, vibration i think yeah there was one point where he he developed a vibratory device um that he put on a building in new york and he started it vibrating and um it, it shook so much that they thought the building was going to come down. It was like a big, like big skyscraper. Yeah. Somebody reported it, and he quick took it took it down and ran to his laboratory. And the and the police or somebody came after him, and they found him smashing it with a with a sledgehammer because he he was afraid they were going to arrest him for it. You know? Yeah. So he he was big into vibration, which which I said in the opening quote. Yeah. You know, vibration is is really the 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 nature of the universe. Yeah. And everything's based on that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember, I, I talked about uh, the Native American um, elder that I, that I did the workshop with, and yeah. he said he was going to tell everybody how the uni- what, what the universe started with. Yeah. And, and he went on, and he talked and talked and talked, and he had his rattled by him, he had his ceremonial rattle, and he said, okay, now I'm going to tell you how the universe started. And he picked his rattle up, and he shook it, and, and his message was that it was vibration or sound. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's that's what Tesla. That's the real premise of Tesla's work too. Everything's based on vibration, and to all, an, the whole universe. And to know. an to an extent, if you get deep into quantum physics and you're getting into, you know, um, a string theory. String theory, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's that's right on. Mm-hmm. That's that's it is. that's it right is. on. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you know, whatever Tesla was, he he was way 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 beyond his time. 
or, or he was able to tap into technology that maybe had existed, you know, thousands of years ago. Yeah. I mean, or both. I, I, I don't know. You know, hard to say. But um, whatever, however you want to position him, he was he was a pretty amazing, amazing guy. He's the man. Yeah, he, he is. I mean, we, we have so many things to thank him for. And, and, you know, the thing is, I don't think he really even wanted thanks. I don't think I, so I either. Think, I think his thanks was knowing that he was he was improving a lot. of. He was ahead of his time. Yeah, he was a humanist, really. That's all he really cared about is improving a lot of, of, of human existence. You know, for, yeah. Um, a list of his inventions, and this is a short list, actually. There's, oh, there's so many more that we didn't even get to. How are we doing on time, are we? No, we're doing Should fine. We're, we're doing okay? good. All right. As I said, he, he, uh, he talked about the um, circulating energy, which is the vision that he had. And that, that was based on magnetics. And that eventually turned into the electric motor, mm -hmm. which, is, which was huge. I mean, yeah. electric motor... You know, developed so much technology around that. Yeah, exactly. And then there was a Tesla coil, mm -hmm. which, which is, you know, people, a lot of people have seen that. It, like, throws out sparks. Yeah. So, or no, I suppose it throws, almost like beams of lightning, really. Yeah. Uh, that's why he's called, he's referred to as the man of, of lightning, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, arc lighting for streetlights, we talked about that. Yeah. Radar, radio, x-rays. Yeah. He developed x-rays. Who knew that? He was knew? Yeah, he was dabbling in x-rays. Right. Remote control. So, yeah. you know, he'd still be getting up to... To, well, you wouldn't even have a TV, probably. If it wasn't, but you'd, be, you'd be changing the stations by hand if it wasn't for Tesla. That's why you have so children. couch potatoes. Thank your lucky Tesla stars. Um, wireless transmission of energy, which you know, which we talked about, and also wireless transmission of communications. Right. You know, radio signals and TV signals, and and probably there's a lot of computer technology which I don't even know about that he's probably directly or indirectly responsible for. I'm sure Bill yeah. Gates and those guys tapped into his yeah. his thinking on those things. Um, so, you know, getting to the more esoteric part of this now, as I always like to do, mm -hmm. you know, um, there, there's some thinking that Tesla was actually a reincarnated um, electrical master from Atlantis. Okay. Mm -hmm. you want to get how far you want to get out there, Eric? I don't know. I know. I know you're not a big reincarnation person, so um. provisionally, provisionally, because the thing is, is that apparently um, the, the concept of reincarnation is like an anti-Christian concept. It and, is. I I realize that. I yeah, realize that. and a lot of I, I happen to believe in it. Yeah. So if that makes, I guess that makes me a pagan, but so be it. Uh, yeah, and the thing is, is that it was just like I think that there is room for reincarnation for people who you know die before their time. I don't know if there's any provisions in, in in the Bible, as it were, but you know, you know, who knows? I think that it's like if your life was cut short before you were able to finish whatever it is you were able to do. Well, so, Tesla was eighty-seven, <clears throat> so that or eighty-six, I guess that doesn't uh, really apply to him, I guess. But, no, uh, but I, anyway, it's it's something I believe in. I, I, I yeah, I think that um, we have many lifetimes to to try and get it right. Exactly. Right? Uh, I'm not sure that age has anything to do with that either. You know, who knows? Tesla was 86. He might have had more to do. Yeah. You know, he might have felt like he had more things he wanted to do. He he um, he believed that. Now, now, supposedly he was celibate for for his whole life. 
Really? Yeah. So he, I guess he had a pretty big charge developed. <laughs> um, and don't tell Ted Cruz. <laughs> yeah, I don't tell Ted that. But his reasoning behind that was was not that he didn't like women. In fact, in fact, he was actually quite quite attractive to women. Apparently. Yeah. He had a lot of, had, ladies, had a lot of groupies. Uh, he was a very dapper guy. He always was very meticulous in how he dressed. He, yeah. he, he wore white gloves to dinner. Um, he was a germaphobe. Some might have had part part part, part, <laughs> part of what he was uh, going going for with a lack of women in his life. I don't know, not not a, not assigning germs to women, but um, we all have germs. Maybe he was not into physical contact. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but but the real thing that he talked about with that was he he didn't want to take time away from his his inventing. He didn't want to waste any time not working on what he needed to do. Are you and are you kidding? That's what he said. I read that because the, the thing is, I mean, he, was, he slept two to three hours a night because the rest of the time he went. And, and Edison was a uh, also connection they had was he he slept very little too. He he took naps. If you, if if you if you think of all the time that you spend in the act of of um, of having sexual intercourse, right. with, I you knew know, you were going to go there, Eric. You know, I think that it's how did less, I know that? I, I think that for the average person, I think it's less than one percent of your entire life is actually spent banging. Depends on the person, I think. Right. Yeah. Me, it's more like 2 or 3%. Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. yeah. <laughs> In your dreams. <laughs> yeah. Maybe uh, Johnny Depp is different. Well, here's here, one of the things that Tesla... Johnny Depp's up to 5%. Maybe. One of the things that uh, Tesla was working on was a way to like actually record memories and thoughts. I didn't know that. I didn't, yeah, I read I didn't something that. about that. I did not that. hear that. So yeah. That's, that's a germ of knowledge that I did not run across. Yeah, that's one of the things that he was thinking about. Huh, interesting. Interesting. So it's like you could record your dreams and play them for other people and stuff like that. <laughs> well, he did channel a lot of stuff out of out of the dream state. Yeah, you know that that's where a lot of the things came. So I mean, there's there's he, a... he didn't really think that he was creating these things. He thought that he was just channeling things that already existed. Like, that was yeah, his, like he was, re, was his... like he was reinventing things that existed. Yeah, exactly. ages before exactly. And and um, who knows? I you know I, I don't know I I. I I th I've heard a lot of creative people say those kinds of things. Yeah. Uh, even Stephen King talks about that. Yeah. He, he talks about not really writing the stuff that he writes. He's actually channeling it or, yeah. or rediscovering um, these ideas that have already been out there. Yeah. They're just kind of, you know, and it goes back to the idea of the Akashic record where everything yeah. is, everything that was, is, and will be yeah. is, is all sort of there, you know. So maybe he was tapping into that. I don't know. Another really interesting thing that I ran across. We're getting low on time. No, no. Um, going back to the idea that his father was a priest. And that his father had access, because he was a priest, to the Vatican archives. You think, huh? That's what this, is, what this guy's line of thought is. This guy I heard on Coast to Coast. And he says that, that he took Nikolai there got him in there and smuggled him in under his robe or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and in the Vatican archive, this is something that we didn't even touch on when we did the show on the Vatican or, uh, repository, yeah. are, are books from the library at Alexandria, which burned, yeah. that were, were salvaged, that didn't burn. And they were books about ancient technology that came from maybe Atlantis or one of the earlier... Mu or one of the real early civilizations that was highly developed. And this is where Tesla got some of his um, original ideas from. And, and then he 
kind of morphed off of that, but a rift on those, but kind of interesting line of thought. That is. That's pretty out there. I think that, I think that that is just simply phenomenal. Yeah. I thought you would like that. Yeah. Um, so who knows? You know, we, we don't, we just don't know. Yeah. I wish we did, but we don't. Nobody could. Uh, Tesla was a pretty, I think he was a pretty private guy, actually. He didn't, no. didn't really. I mean, he was, he was very, he was social in that, you know, if he went somewhere with a lot of people, he could, he could work the room. Yeah. You know, he was, he was friend, as I said, he was friendly with Mark Twain, who was yeah, kind of an interesting guy in his own, in his own mm -hmm. right. Um, so he had, he had a lot of interesting contacts, but I think at the end of the day, he was a pretty private person. He, he really, he died, um, the latter stages of his life, he lived in the New, in the New Yorker hotel. Yeah, I was just reading about that. Which is where he died, yeah. actually. And um, he was he was pretty much penniless. He didn't 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 have. I guess he had enough money to sustain his existence. And he would eat dinner there every night. He was getting a, a stipend. I think he, I think I read somewhere that he was getting a stipend from. I think it was either Westinghouse or another another company that he had done work for. Well, he he did get he did get. Um, Royalties <clears throat> from Westinghouse yeah. for that deal that he signed for the arc lights. Mm -hmm. So he might have been getting some residuals from that still, you know, because yeah. that's still that's still used. They're still using that. Yeah. You know? I mean, New York was one of the first cities that was electrified, actually. Yeah. For for street lighting, that's where the Great White Way came from on Broadway. Yeah. Uh, so once Tesla died, and it was realized that he died, the the CIA swept in there. CIA or FBI? Sweet, sweet, or secret Service. Somebody it's, swept in. I don't in. know if the CIA probably didn't exist then. That was he died 43. In, so yeah, so CIA came into being right after Roswell. So, would it, so if, it was, if it was, it was a precursor to the CIA, so that would have been the OSS. Yes. Office or, or one of, yeah, one of those groups. Yeah. yeah. And they took all his records, all, all his you know, patents, not, not his patents, but his plans that he had for things. Yeah. And stuff like that. So who knows what happened to that stuff? Probably you know, sitting probably in the Smithsonian, right next to the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> <laughs> so That's that a, that brings us into the present day. Yeah. Um, getting back to the, to what Doctor uh, Judy Wood is talking about. What kind of technology? If in fact there was some technology used to um, zap the the World Trade Center towers, is is that Tesla technology. Um, you know, Reagan talked about uh, SDI, Star Wars. Yeah. Strategic, is it Strategic Defense Initiative? Is that what, yeah. what, what, what happened to that? Did they did they make that? or? I, 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 he talked about that and everybody sort of, everybody's heads kind of blew up and then, oh my and God, then you, I didn't hear any more about it. Oh my God, you're trying to weaponize space. Do, do, you, do you know anything about that? I'm do looking you? at STI guns it's SD, here. D, SDI. SDI. So she doesn't really postulate as to <clears throat> what the weaponry is, just what it could be, I think. And, and she thinks that it's, it's technology that would change the, if we do a show on this, we'll get more into depth, but would, would change the atomic structure of matter such that it would, it would reverse the force that keeps matter intact. There's there's a, there's a there's a gravitational not a gravitational force there's a, there's a force a mag I guess it's be magnetic force that yeah. would reverse that would that the force that keeps mag uh, matter intact mm -hmm. that makes it cohese yeah and, and this thing would reverse that and make it whoops go in the make, opposite uh, in the opposite direction yeah and a lot uh, of people have speculated on on um, uh, 
atomic cohesion and using using reversing it reversing so many and that's what she thinks it is she doesn't know or she, she doesn't want to speculate on on what that could be i think she, has, she yeah. doesn't even want to speculate on where that originated from exactly um i mean that could be could that be from tesla or from, could it be from any you know where else from space could yeah it be beam direct yeah she she's pretty clear that the airplanes were not the were, were not the precipitating they, they were just a ruse they, they were just done as a ruse because she says that looking at the evidence i don't want to go too far into this because we're i think we're going to do a show on this she says right. it, it was not a thermal event it was it was not caused the, the buildings did not break down because of a thermal event which is what the general line of thought is right that the that the fuel from the jets created fire hot enough to, to melt the right the substructure soften the just just not not actually <clears throat> melt but just soften enough to, to so the structure to, would fall right. apart and and she also says that it was not a kinetic event it was not done by explosion which is the kind of the sub theory right. that that's kind of the truth or theory theory that there were all these explosions were set in the right. building and like you would you know demolish a building right um and and she's got a lot of lot of interesting stuff i mean there, there were there were twelve hundred people. Did you know this? There were twelve hundred people that jumped out of the building. Yeah, um, and they're the only remains that have ever been found. Right. And there were supposedly three thousand people in the building. So what happened to the to the rest of them? Exactly. Uh, and and the the paramedics or the the first responders on the scene said that they weren't coming down intact. They were they were coming they they were coming down in parts. Yeah, as if they had exploded somehow. You know that's kind of gruesome for people that don't like that kind of thing. Put your fingers in your ears, but and they when they landed, they weren't they didn't show the signs of somebody that hit the pavement, you know, falling out of a out of a multi story building. Yeah, they were, they were they were they were like pulverized, like mush almost. Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. her theory is that they didn't jump that they that that they were being heated, superheated by, same as the pilots in the planes that Tesla talked about. Right. And they they were actually almost ejected from the building out of pain you know that were there they were in such pain that they couldn't stand it you know yeah uh, i don't want to get too far into this because that's that's gruesome. another whole other show gruesome, yeah. well, well you know but, the- but anyway it, it, you know getting back to the tesla theory it, it all falls into line i mean it, what do you think about it at well, least by my logic right now yeah. the thing is is that a lot of the things that in my research of doing this show on tesla mm-hmm. a lot of the things that um, a lot of science fiction writers postulate about in a lot of things like Amazing Magazine and whatnot, and it, it seems it's it seems as if Tesla and the the writers of those pulp science fiction magazines and books were like tapped into something t- together on some kind of like collective. Whereas yeah, it's like I the, would say the world the world that Tesla w- was was trying to bring forth. Like the the entire idea of like being able to strap on some kind of something on your back, not a jet pack, but like an anti grav pack, mm-hmm. and not like a giant like a plume of fire and smoke being blown out your ass, but something that would just like pick you up and lift you because it would it would be defying gravity. Right. It would is anti gravity. Anti gravity, which and, I think is what um, which. Personally, I, I think that's what UFOs use as their propulsion system. Yeah, we've talked about that before. Something, and so, I think Tesla was working on that. I heard plans for that. Yeah, supposedly in his archive that got scoffed up. 
Gobbled he was up. working on that. Yeah. Because that circulating energy thing that he that was his really initial initial vision. Yeah. Which is what a lot of his technology was based on, like the electric based motor. Based on and stuff. this. Um who knows? I don't I don't know. There's supposedly he had he had plans for a for a flying disc that I mean he he really was the Leonardo da Vinci of of modern times. You know, not, he, not the Leonardo DiCaprio, the Leonardo no, that's a different Leo. Different Leo. Um, he, he, he really was all over the place with this yeah. the stuff that he worked on. Flying machines and communications and x-rays and... and um, what would the world look like today? Who, who knows if, what he was thinking. If about. Nikola Tesla was given free reign and he didn't have somebody like Edison pushing back against him. or And, and the whole... The whole scientific community at the time they made him look like he was yeah. a, a a nut yeah you know actually, actually the the press conferences that he would hold every year most of them the the, he, the stuff he was talking about was scoffed at yeah like, like he's just nuts you know he's, he doesn't even know what he's talking about until the death rack one came out then that then they kind of paid attention to that you know people's like hmm, maybe we can use that to you know to be the yeah to be the enforcers of the world you know exactly exactly uh, so they paid attention to that one but yeah who knows if, if his if his thinking had been embraced how different would the world be now think about that we'd be doing this podcast and some some we wouldn't have the pollution problem that we no have for one thing but you and i would be recording this podcast somewhere in a you know space station and in, in one of those one of those trojan orbits between the uh, the earth the moon and the sun maybe you know i mean a space travel the schulman cavity yeah 40, 40 miles above the earth in the ionosphere yeah but how did he know that that's that's what got me how did he know that stuff you know well get, getting back to the vatican archives and an earlier show that we did like there's so much information that is hidden in there somewhere mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there's there's so much and the thing is like if there were if there were earlier advanced human civilizations let's just cut aliens out of the equation here for a second yeah we can we can just position it as an earlier you know we, we tend to think of history as linear you know that we started out at, you know coming out of caves as hunter gatherers and then just progressed our way up the up the food chain to where exactly. we are now but that but there's a lot of there's probably a, isn't true there's a growing consensus saying that the thing is is that we we reach a certain level of technology and then something horrible catastrophic mm -hmm. happens right and all the survivors revert back to the caves and then humanity starts all over again and apparently we've 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 began and ended maybe four or five times already you never know we we, we, we don't Sorry, know uh, yet um yeah i lost his name yeah uh graham hancock yeah it calls us a species with amnesia amnesia yeah because we've you know one of these cataclysms we, we tend to everything gets erased yeah you know we we, we go through so many generations of trying to re regenerate yeah that these things all get lost but but maybe they don't really get lost maybe they're maybe what joseph campbell is saying is true there is we're, we're um not campbell but um the psychologist Jung yeah is saying that there's a you know there's a collective body of knowledge the, the collective unconscious yeah. that we all have privy to we just don't have a direct channel to yeah and maybe tesla had that channel opened for him you know, he, he, maybe some special people do have that for for whatever reason i don't know whether it's genetics or i don't know why that is because the thing is i wish it, i had it I mean, because, because the thing is is that if what you say is true about nikola tesla having an early 
glimpse into what's hiding in the Vatican archives. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that maybe Tesla wasn't connected into anything. He was just reinventing things that he saw with his photographic memory, uh, you know, from the Vatican archives. Mm-hmm. And he, or maybe he was just so intelligent innately that that opened up the channel for him. And, and it, he began download. It's like download. It's like downloading right. stuff on your computer. Yeah. Almost, you know, he, he had a three. Another thing. He had a 3D imagination. Yeah. He could he could imagine things fully formed. You know, like some people will think of an idea and then they kind of draw it out on paper. I think that's right. what most people do. And that's what Edison did. Edison yeah. was was considered a tinker, and yeah. and um, Tesla was considered a thinker. Right. And and he would he would I, and I think Da Vinci did that too. I think Da Vinci was able to to formulate things in his mind. Yeah. And he he could he could create these things like he could create like the electric motor fully formed. Yeah. All he had to do was was make it and make a model of it. Yeah. You know, he didn't have to draw it out and make plans and although he probably did do that as a of course. You know, some kind of a step but um, he he could take the image in his mind break it down piece by piece make the pieces and and have them be exact and exact fit yeah that that's that that was a level of thinking ability that he had here's so what do you call that I don't I don't know I mean he's probably not the only person that could do that but yeah exactly here's something that I really want to um, end the show on okay talking about how would we be living um, I hate saying this because it sounds so cliche but would we be living in a Star Trek Star Wars universe right now if Tesla was able to accomplish his work would we be would I mean I, I joke about you know you and I being able to do this podcast in a in a habitable space station you know right and somewhere out in space or something like be more like the Jetsons uh, we'd be sort of that our earthly existence anyway right i think would be more that kind of more more advanced technology you know the jetsons had i mean as i know it was a cartoon and it was parts that were kind of silly but uh you know they, when you think about the technology they had you know our the way their house was and everything right you know, our, our our houses are just sort of getting to that now on a very limited basis like you have the um what's the thing that amazon has out now that's voice controlled right so i mean i envisioned that years ago where you could come home and your whole vo- your whole house would be voice controlled yeah you know you could you know <clears throat> your dinner would be cooked for you your you know you could say you could put the lights on with your voice you could put the stereo you know stereo put on uh, neil young um Everybody knows this is nowhere. I'm just putting that out there. And and it would come on, you know, that kind of stuff. We're we're getting there, but we're not quite there yet. Right. My wife would really hate that, by the way. Really? um, Yeah, she doesn't like technology. So she's more of a, um, she still wants a car where you can roll the windows down. Really? Yeah. Wow. You have to buy a Yugo or something, a used Yugo or something. I don't think they even have cars there. I don't think they do either, but that's what she wants. Anyway, that's another story. Yeah. So I, I think I think we're getting there, but I think we'd be a lot further there. Yeah. Along. And and who knows what's going to come out that we don't even know that Tesla was was doing. He he saw his his inventions far into the future. He, you know, like I said, he wasn't he wasn't a modernist. He was a futurist. Yeah. He didn't really even care about the present. He cared more about how his. Uh, yeah, like he didn't care what people thought about him back then. Nah, he really didn't. Couldn't care. It was irrelevant to him. Um, he 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 just really wanted to put put his put his stuff into play you know yeah. and get it get it going and get it working and improve the 
the existence of, of humankind. Yeah. Uh, and uh, something that a lot of people don't even talk about is is using electric therapy. For, yeah, for, that's another for, thing for helping people. There's know? a lot of things that he had. Right, uh, and I think we're going to get into that next week, maybe. I think the thing is, is that we we are going to have a, a very very special guest next week. We are. So that's one of the things we need to take a look at. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to be talking to literally the queen of the paranormal. A resident here in New Hampshire, and uh, we are going. She is going to be a special guest, and she has so many things to to talk about and to share with us on the metaphysical connection. And I think that the show that we're going to be recording next Thursday is going to be something something incredible. I hope so. I'm excited. Something something great. I'm definitely excited. Something great. And we will probably come up with a couple. I'm gonna. I'm literally gonna bring some post-it notes because <laughs> we're going remote too. That's and another. we're going to be doing a remote we're going show. Remote. Yeah, our first one. I think our right? first remote show, yeah. and on top of everything else, from a remote location to be named later. Exactly. I think we know where it is. Well, we do, but we're, we no, do. we're not going to say. Right it's going to be. It's going to be. We're going to keep it special. a secret. We're going to keep it in our little Pandora's box and, exactly. and release it. Exactly. With who knows what else next week? <laughs> exactly. Oh, so anyway, um, before we close out the show, we have like that product, the uh, show announcement that we just mentioned. We also have we also have something really exciting going on here. Um, um, this is already this has been in the works for a week now. Um, you can actually get the metaphysical connection on its uh, its own feed. You can actually search uh, iTunes and Player FM and a couple of other ser- online services. To find the metaphysical connection, the metaphysical connection is now its own podcast, its own, its own entity, all by its lonesome, and uh, coming soon. Um, it's got a life of its own. It has. It's now has a life of its own. So the thing is, is that there's two ways you can subscribe to the metaphysical connection. If you want to just get the metaphysical connection, you can just do a search, or you can just continue to be uh, subscribed to the Fedora Chronicles Network. And where you'll get all the Fedora Chronicles podcasts, including our radio show and the Metaphysical Connection and a couple of other things that we have in the works. But the Metaphysical Connection is just growing, you know, leaps and bounds. And a lot of people had said that, I just want the Metaphysical Connection. Can I just have just the Metaphysical Connection? And then there are some people who are saying, I just want the radio show. Can I just have just the radio show? I want the Metaphysical Connection without the Fedora attached to it is that what they're saying no they just they because okay. the thing is is that it was just like uh they, they just they just want just the, the 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 unexplained phenomenon and that there are some people who want just the just the unexplained phenomenon and there are some people who want just the pop culture talk and the political talk that yeah, i do with good. doug Blenbo yeah and, yeah that's good that's it's good to have a lot of different avenues exactly that go to the same place exactly Exactly. So you you can you can go right now to iTunes or Player FM. Get all your needs met right here. You can get all your needs met. Well, not well. Uh, well, well not, maybe eh, not all your needs. Okay, not I'll all back your, off that a little bit. Yeah, most yeah. of your needs. Most mo- most of your most of the needs that you need. Yeah, and uh, and we're also going to put this thing out there. Walt and I were talking about this before we started the show, um, and Walt just mentioned remote. Uh, uh, we're going to do like a remote viewing remote viewings and uh, no we're gonna we're gonna be doing uh on location recordings this is one of the things that i would like to put this out for everybody here um if you were in the northeast we're talking anywhere in new england and new york state um 
what we want to do is, is that we want to do more re remote broadcasts. And one of the things that I've talked about, what I've wanted to do is do some ghost hunting on my own. I would like to be able to get some portable recording equipment and, and you know, and here's the thing is I'd like to do some recording at, uh, at, at Tesla's former home where he passed away in that hotel that you mentioned earlier What the New Yorker. The hotel? hotel. Yeah. The hotel, New Yorker, a hotel. New there's, Yorker. there's actually a Tesla museum. We should go to that. Which, which is where his uh, tower was. Yeah. I, I believe his, his uh, warden. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I lost the name. Warden. Yeah. Wardenville? No, Warden. Whatever. Wherever. Yeah. So so the thing is, is that That's we, where the museum is. So, I'd love to go there. So for the next couple of months, we are going to be taking the Metaphysical Connection show on the road. And if you have some some uh, locations you would like like us to go to or invite us to, let us know. And that, uh, We're going to be like American Pickers without a Mercedes van. Exactly. Although, although by then we might have one. Who knows? Yeah, it's, okay. it's always going to be the Ford Flex. Yeah, that's it's true. It's always going to be the Ford And Flex. we are going to be going to the Exeter UFO Convention exactly. in September, which I am extremely excited about. We also have some other people who will be joining us there. Right. So, right. anyway, any any final thoughts, Walt? No, I, I just have to go and uh, crank the Tesla up and, and take off. Yeah. Yeah, just to be, put just, it in hyperdrive. Just do me a favor. Don't get another speeding ticket, okay? With, no, with my Tesla. Yeah, don't get another. Speaker I just ticket. don't want to crack it up. That's that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. No, that wouldn't be good. That, that that's gonna be that's gonna be fun though. That's that's gonna. I wish I actually wish I did. Would could drive a Tesla. They're they're look like pretty cool machines. And, they, and they're and they're quiet. Except that the the true Tesla would not run on batteries. I don't think it would run on on uh, cosmic energy. Good vibes from the universe. Well, yeah, sort of. That would be awesome. I mean, he had plans for all that stuff. Yeah. Trains and planes and automobiles. Exactly. That ran and on, helicopters. That ran on wireless energy. That'd be great. And well, spaceships. Probably that too. Exactly. Yeah, who knows what he had yeah. cooking. A whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. So, all right. Another great show. I think so. I, In I, the I, can. I enjoyed it. I In the everybody can. else did. So anyway, hey, thanks for vote. Uh, yeah, <laughs> hey, thanks for voting us number four on the on the on the on the iTunes greatest shows on the in, in the in the realm of the paranormal. Well, we were voted number one podcast emanating from Ringe, New Hampshire, which which is a pretty, pretty, pretty <laughs> which, big award, which is yeah. huge. Oh, it is. Oh my God, yeah, I'm not going to scoff at that. Exactly. Oh, when do we get the statue at? By the way, oh, it's, it's a little a, uh, glass. Um, cut out of Ringe or something? No, no, it's a, it's, a, it's, it's a, it's an old gin bottle. Oh, okay. Good enough. <laughs> Hopefully, it's got a little residue left in it. Oh, great show! Great show! Yeah. All right. This has been the Metaphysical Connection with your hosts Eric Renderkingfisk and Walt Schnabel. This podcast is dedicated to exploring the unexplained, the paranormal, and the supernatural phenomenons. You can learn more about us on our webpage. Right now it is metaphysical.fedorachronicles.com where you can find links to our Facebook and Twitter page. This is also a great way to catch up on past shows, find out what we'll be talking about next time, and drop us a line and tell us how much you love this show and what topics you want us to tackle next. That's also a great portal for all of you to let us know if you'd like to be a guest on our show with a great story or to promote a book that you've written or a documentary that you have filmed. The Metaphysical Connection is a product of the Fedora Chronicles Network, copyright 2016, all rights reserved. Eric was right. He was absolutely right. I, Eric is right.